<laughs> Good morning, everybody. Uh, go ahead, grab your coffee, grab your last mini donut uh, if, if you like. Those are wonderful. Thank you, as always, to our hosts. I'm going to hand it over to Priscilla Newton, who serves on the board of Lutheran Braille Workers, to introduce our special guest today. So let's give a warm yeah. round of applause to Priscilla. Yeah. Oh. wonderful guy. Daniel Jenkins is the president of Lutheran Bri uh, what is it? Braille Workers? Yes. <laughs> Lutheran Bible Translators. That's a whole different group. Anyway, but Daniel really has a passion for this ministry and I hope after hearing him I know that you will too. But um, some wonderful things he'll introduce his wife and the other uh, guests here from LBW. But just listen because you know we're not all getting younger and so as we age our some of us, our eyesight um, diminishes. And so he's going to tell you how LBW helps to, um, helps to minister to those people who need it. So here you go, Daniel. Thank you very much. So I'm going to ask, as we start this, I want to ask everybody to do something that's a little dangerous, especially in a warm room with food on the stomach. I'm going to ask you all, if you would, to just close your eyes for a moment. Please don't fall asleep. Just close your eyes. And I just want you to take a second and just live in this darkness for a moment. And I'm going to ask you to imagine what it would be like if tomorrow morning you woke up, you opened your eyes, but this darkness is all you saw. How would you react? Fear? Panic? Terror, possibly? And what about if six months from now, the doctors say, we're sorry, we can't restore your vision. This is what it will be like the rest of your life. How would you react to that news? And especially, how would you react if you can't read the Bible anymore? Now go ahead and open your eyes. And as we open our eyes, we, we see, but as I mentioned at, at the service, there are 338 million people in the world who are legally to fully blind, the most severe category of visual impairment. And it's estimated that worldwide over 95% of, of that population is unchurched. And I know it's easy to say, well, great, sure, in other parts of the world, of course, but within our own country, within the United States, there are over 9 million people who are legally to fully blind. And it's estimated that over 95% of that population in this country is unchurched. In part because it's estimated by the National Federation of the Blind, there are fewer than 120 Christian churches, not Lutheran, Christian churches in this entire country who provide intentional outreach to that population. And if they don't have a church home, how are they supposed to know the Word of God? How are they supposed to know that love that we find in Christ Jesus? And we say, great, let's get a Bible. Let's put a Bible into their hands. Yet if you were to go online right now and try to purchase a Braille Bible, it would cost you at least $800 for one Bible. That's just for English Braille, by the way. If you wanted to try to buy a Spanish Braille Bible, it would cost you over $2,200 for one Bible. So if people don't have a church home, and if they can't afford to buy a Bible, how are they served? 
How are they connected with the love that we know and that we find in Jesus? And this is a problem that's been going on for a while. And one of the answers to this question is Lutheran Braille workers. Now, we've been around for 80 years. A little bit about our history, actually. We started in World War II. In response to a call that was put out from Germany in the middle of the war, from a pastor, a Lutheran pastor saying, I need German Braille Bibles. Can anybody help me? And so there was a lady in Southern California by the name of Helene Kaler, not Helen Keller, (laughs) Helene Kaler, German version. She heard this and she knew both German and English and she thought that she could help. This, This touched her heart. And so she actually learned German Braille and she began the process of transcribing the Bible into German Braille using a stylus and slate. She literally was going across the page one dot at a time. And a few months after she started, the air raid sirens went off in Southern California and her and her husband went to get underneath their bed and it was full of boxes of paper. They couldn't fit. So he asked her to take it to the garage. And a few months later, he was driving home from the factory and he tried to get the car in the garage. It wouldn't fit anymore. So he's like, honey, you got to do something. So they went to their Lutheran church. They took over the basement. And 18 months after she started, she produced one Bible, 16 boxes, packaged it up, shipped it off to Germany. And she thought that was the end of it. Six weeks later, she received a letter in the mail from this pastor who wrote, thank you so much. This is exactly what we were looking for. How many more can you send? (laughs) And we actually still have Helene's journal where she wrote that night. She said, it is overwhelming to think of how much work and effort went into producing one Bible. How in the world are we going to meet this demand? But if people are asking for the gospel, how can we ever say no? And that was the start of Lutheran Braille Workers. And over the years, the ministry has grown. It's added large print, and it's added specialized large print for prisons. And we've worked in different languages. In fact, in 80 years of ministry, we've worked in 40 languages. We have shipped to 164 countries around the world. We have produced over 15 million volumes. And the most incredible part of this is every single volume that has ever been sent out has been completely free of charge to our recipients. Never charged anybody to have the word of God put into their hands so they can read it for themselves. Now, how can we do that? Through the grace of God, the blessings of God, through incredible financial support, and through over 3,200 volunteers throughout the United States, which we have right now, and over 102 ministry production centers who sit there and tirelessly put together books of Braille, and they put together books of large print, and they package it up, and they ship it off free of charge through the post office. Yes, they give us free shipping for this. And it reaches people who are just waiting to know. They are just waiting to know the love of Christ in their life. And it's easy to get lost in the big numbers. It really is. It's actually a little overwhelming to think about some of these numbers. And so I like to go down to those individual stories. Because that's what brought me to this ministry six years ago. 
In fact, at the time, my wife and I, my family, we were living in St. Louis. We absolutely loved it. We're, we're, our family's all from California, but we're Midwesterners. I'm just going to tell you right now. We love the Midwest. We loved St. Louis. In fact, we said, we're never leaving. We were looking to buy a house, and we also said, we're never moving back to California. <laughs> and one night, I was having dinner with a mentor, and he said, Daniel, I was just on a call today with the board of directors from this company out in California, Lutheran Braille Workers. They're looking for an advancement person, a fundraiser. And when they described who they were looking for, I thought of you. And I said, Phil, I'm honored, but no thank you. And he's like, well, will you at least talk to the president at the time? And I said, sure, I'll talk to anybody. My wife will attest to that. <laughs> so I was on a call with the president. We spoke for over two hours. It was an amazing phone call. And he said, Daniel, I really believe you're the guy. And I said, Dennis, thank you, but no thank you. And he asked a few more times, and I kept saying no. And he said, well, called me one day, and he's like, well, I'm going to ask you again. And before I do, though, I want to send you some thank you letters we've received over the years. And so he emailed me a, a number of them, about 10. The very first one I opened up, it came from that 13-year-old boy from India. And again, what he said, I know when I read Jesus' name because I can feel his love travel up my arm into my heart. The second letter I ever opened came from a 14-year-old girl from Mexico. She wrote, I have been blind since birth. I've never seen a person's face, not even my own parents. But now I know when I get to heaven, Jesus is the first face I'll ever see. The third one really, really hit me. It came from a father outside of Philadelphia who said, my 10-year-old daughter came home from church today crying, but they were tears of joy. Last week, we received the Gospel of John in the mail, and for the first time in her life, she was able to go to Sunday school and read to the other children instead of always having to have them read to her. And I got through three letters. I went home and I told my wife, I think we might be moving to California. <laughs> and since I started at Lutheran Braille Workers, these are the letters and the stories and the phone calls and the emails and the Facebook messages we get every single week. And it's not just people who are blind. It's people who are losing their vision, as I mentioned, macular degeneration, glaucoma, cataracts, diabetic retinopathy, the dozens of illnesses that affect the eyes. During COVID, we received a letter from a lady at a nursing home in Michigan, actually. 92 years old, blind in one eye, partially sighted in the other. And she would take her large print, she used to go over to the hospice section, and she would read the Bible and the devotionals to people in hospice care, but COVID stopped it. She was stuck in her room. And she wrote this letter saying how lonely she was because all her family had passed away, all, her all of her friends had gone to heaven, and she said, there are so many days I'm in this room and I feel so alone. And then every month your box arrives, and I'm reminded that you are with me, that Jesus is with me. 
And that's this ministry of Lutheran Braille workers. We are not a production organization. We're not a manufacturing facility. We're not some factory. It's a group of men and women and children who come together and you're producing the gospel. And you're sending it to a population who frankly isn't underserved. This is an unserved population. You're putting the word of God directly into their hands. And you're sharing Jesus with them. That's the work of Lutheran Braille workers. And in 2023, there's two questions I'm always asked. So I'll just get them out of the way. I'll save you all from having to speak up and ask the question. The first question I get, well, isn't there audio? Can't they just listen to the Bible? Why do we need Braille? Why do we need large print? And my answer to that is going to be a question to everybody in this room. If you had to make a choice right now, and I mean right now, you had to make a choice, you could either read the Bible for the rest of your life, or you could only listen for the rest of your life. How many of you would choose to only listen for the rest of your life? Anybody? I've asked that question of thousands of people, and I can tell you I've counted. I've had 12 total raise their hand. I can actually keep track. That's how few. There is a power. In fact, one of our staff members is fully blind, and she's actually working towards her doctorate in theology right now. But she said there is a power in reading God's word for yourself and not having to rely on somebody else's voice for you. To be able to go back over those rough passages or those passages maybe you're struggling to understand and read them over and over. Or as I had one young lady come up to us at a conference in Las Vegas in 2019, National Federation of the Blind. Very timid, very shy. She came up to our table, she asked for a set of the Psalms. And we were asking, well, is this the first, do you need a whole Bible? She's like, no, I have a Bible. And I said, well, did you not have the Psalms? And she said, oh no, I do. This is going to be my third set. I've already worn down the dots on the other two. There is a power in reading God's word. So that was question number one. Will audio replace it? Number two is in today's digital world, isn't there technology that replaces printed braille or printed large print? And to give you an idea of what technology for the blind is actually like, um, our staff member brought her reader into our headquarters and she told us that it works best off of 2005 HTML websites. And it's less than a year old. In today's day and age, it's still about two decades behind what we have. And those machines can cost anywhere from four to $10,000. I was gonna say an $800 Bible is not so bad <laughs> compared to that. But it's expensive and that's just within our country. And what about those other parts of the world in which they don't have that technology available? The printed word, whether it's in Boston Braille or the printed in the jumbo large print, there is still incredible value in 2023 for having that still made and sent out. And in fact, the demand is only increasing because there are fewer and fewer organizations left in the world doing this work. As I mentioned, we're not talking just the Lutheran Church. There are so few organizations, Christian organizations, period. In fact, this year, there are only four organizations in the world 
who are producing, mass-producing Christian Bibles for free. And I want to give you an idea of their, their volume that they do. So last year, we produced about 100,000 books as a ministry. The other four organizations combined produced fewer than 10,000. And there's how many people out there? 338 million? In fact, this year through August, we've produced over 135,000 books. And I've talked to the other organizations, it's probably going to be fewer than 8,000 combined from the other four. In fact, last year, the demand for Braille, the number of orders which were placed, increased by over 260%. It was the largest number of orders since I've been with the ministry, and this year has already surpassed it. The amount of large print orders has increased by almost 80% from last year. This year, it's already surpassed those numbers. We do a prison-specific. We are the only mass producer of prison-specific large print Christian resources in the country. Last year, the amount of orders increased almost 4,000%. And this year, it's already exceeded it. In fact, we have received over 1,000 orders for Spanish prison large print Bibles. We don't even produce it. But that's the demand that's out there. Spanish Braille, as I mentioned, $2,200 because there's only one other mass producer in the world, by the way. And that's their cost. They're not even making a profit off of it. We work with the United Bible Societies. They placed an order a couple years ago for 500 Bibles, Spanish Braille Bibles for Argentina. And I should have mentioned, by the way, a Braille Bible isn't one book. So an English Braille Bible is 37 volumes, five and a half feet in shelf space. Spanish is 44 volumes. That's literally my wingspan, by the way, about six feet. 500 complete Bibles, 22,000 books. And I said yes, my staff was ready to kill me because we had no way of producing it. And we were blessed through a foundation and some donors. We received two massive Braille embossers, these huge digital printers. Um, each printer, by the way, goes for about 660 pounds of paper per week. And we have three of them. We go through over a ton of paper per week just at our headquarters. And when they heard that, the UBS came back and said, this is amazing, great. Can we also place 200 Bibles for Costa Rica and 200 for Guatemala and 100 for Nicaragua? And we went from 500 to 1,000, 44,000 books we have to produce. And we're on a call and they were talking about how there's more. And I said, time out. How many are we actually looking at long term? And they pulled out a stack of papers and it's about, what, three feet? They said, this is the number of orders we have that are unfulfilled. Over 20,000 Bibles have been ordered with somebody waiting and some of these people have been waiting over 15 years for a Bible that they still have not received. The demand is there for Braille and for large print and for specialized prison large print. The work is only increasing. We're adding new centers this year. We're adding new centers next year. We're bringing in more volunteers because I go back to what Helene said. If people are asking for the gospel, 
How do we ever say no? And in fact, I just want to share one story from about two months ago. I was on a plane flying back from Oklahoma to California. I'm sitting in my seat, and this lady, as they were boarding, asked if I would be willing to switch aisle seats. So I said, sure, and I'm moving my stuff, and I look up, and her husband behind her is coming along with his cane. Oh, he's blind. Okay. And I was wearing one of my LBW polos because I was coming from an event, and she looked at my shirt, and she stopped, and she said, wait a second. You're not from the LBW, are you? <laughs> and I said, well, how do you define the LBW? <laughs> she said, the, the, the Braille Bibles. I said, yes, I am, as a matter of fact. And she got so excited, and she told her husband, and he got excited. And all of a sudden, he started sharing his story. And it turns out, this is an older couple, but when he was younger, he was actually a, a star baseball player. He was in the minor leagues. He was on, his, on a track. He was going to be in the major leagues. And one night after a game in the minors, the car he was driving in was hit by a drunk driver. And he was in a coma for weeks, and he lost his eyesight. When he woke up in the hospital, he was blind. And he was in the hospital for a long time. And every day, he said, my wife would come in, and she would read the Bible to me. And then as he got out of the hospital, he was still young enough. He learned he had a teacher who was teaching him Braille. And he even said, he said, at that time, I was so depressed. My life had just changed. I was the star baseball player, and now I have no clue what my future is going to be. In fact, there were so many days I just wanted to end it. And I didn't because of my wife. If you think back to Pastor Sermon, he was ready to be swallowed by death. And he sat there and he said one day he was talking with his teacher, his Braille teacher, and he said, is there a way that I could get a Bible so my wife doesn't have to read to me every day? And she said, oh, yeah, sure. There's this company in California. They'll send you one. He said the first volume he got was the book of John. And he opened it up, and as he started to read it, he said, I felt the strength of God come into my life, and I knew I could move forward. I don't think there was a dry eye in about six rows on that plane. <laughs> and actually, the rest of his life, he has since gone on to teach Braille to other people. He's worked with blind athletes. He's actually a coach in beatball, which is the blind version of baseball. But he said getting that volume changed his life. It was the strength of God who came into his life. This is the power of this ministry and the work we do. It's not through us. It's through God and the Holy Spirit. It's through his word reaching people who feel lost, who feel trapped in darkness. And so as I stand here today, there are three things I will ask of all of you. The first and most important thing I could ever ask for is would you please pray for this ministry? And when I ask for prayer, I ask yes for our recipients. For so many people around the world who are waiting to know what love is. That as they receive God's word, it reaches their hearts. But I also ask, want to ask you to please pray for those volunteers. Those 3,200 plus volunteers who tirelessly, hours upon hours, do this work every day. Every week, every month. And I ask you to please pray for our staff. For a ministry of this scope and size, 
we have 13 staff. And there are days it could be a little overwhelming, especially with me in charge, because I always say yes, I just keep adding work, but will you pray for our staff, please? And I want to share a story about the power of prayer as it relates to our ministry. I met a lady a few years ago in San Antonio. Uh, she shared that her family, that as they grew up, they were not Christian. Her parents and she came to faith later in life. But her sister never did. And at age 40, her sister lost her eyesight. There was an illness in her brain that took her eyesight. So she learned Braille, and the family said, well, you know what, let's bring her the Gospels. So they ordered a, a box of the Gospels from LBW, and they brought it to her apartment because she was very independent. And they put it into her lap, and when she opened it up, and when she read what they set into her lap, it was the book of Matthew. They said she took it, and she flung it across the room, and she told them to get out of her house. How dare they bring that to her? She cursed at them and said, never talk to me again. She kicked him out. And this family for over three and a half months had no contact. She wouldn't answer their phone calls. She wouldn't answer the door. Just silence. And all they could do was pray. And then one day this lady said, my phone rang and it was my sister. And as I answered hello, the first words out of her mouth, do you think it's too late for me to be baptized? One day she was cleaning up her apartment. And she came across the book she had thrown. And she said, why not? Let me read it. So she began reading Matthew. And then she read Mark and John and Luke. And by the time she was done, she said, I'm ready to be baptized. And six months after she was baptized, that next weekend, that illness came back. But this time it took her life. And this lady said, of course we mourned her passing. But we celebrated with joy because we knew where she was. Power of prayer. The second thing I would ask for is for you to share this ministry with people you know. Do you know somebody who has macular degeneration or has cataracts who could use the large print? Do you know somebody who's blind who could use the braille? And if you don't, look around you because let me tell you, I bet you there's people in your community who are. And they need to know that these resources are available for free. And will you help them order it? Will you help them be connected? So that's the second thing I ask is, will you share this ministry with other people in your family and your friends and your social circles and your job? Let them know what is available. And the final thing I'll ask for, I'll ask for your prayerful support. And that takes a lot of different forms. Maybe there's interest in starting a production center or an outreach center. Maybe you'd like to learn how to volunteer. Or maybe you can proofread from home. We have, I think, five centers in Michigan? Four. 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 Production centers, and we have four, I think, outreach centers. But there's more work left to be done. Or if you're not able to volunteer, would you prayerfully consider making a gift as you're able? Because every single book is given away free of charge. So that money doesn't come between somebody who's blind and knowing God in their life. And so as I stand here today, let me just say thank you so much for this time. Thank you for inviting me into your church and into your incredible worship and fellowship. It's a joy to be here.
I'd like to take uh, questions and maybe hopefully give some answers. But before I do, I want to introduce a few people. So um, to my left, Rachel Potts. She is our new Director of Ministry Relations and Strategic Partnerships. Um, she only took the job because she was paid by the letter in her job. Just, no, I'm kidding. Um, she actually lives in Ann Arbor, St. Paul's, correct? Lutheran Church in Ann Arbor. Um, she just started August 28th, I believe. So uh, she's available in Michigan if anybody uh, needs some fast support. Priscilla is actually on our board of directors. You know, many of you, most of you know Priscilla. Who doesn't? Uh, ray of sunshine in all of our lives. I know. I believe that. Uh, if you have any questions, you can also reach out to Priscilla as well. And I also want to introduce my wife, Laura. So she is traveling with me. And we came in from California. So thank you for bringing us beautiful fall colors, cool temperatures, and whatever was falling from the sky. We just don't know what that is. <laughs> um, so we appreciate that. But thank you for your time. What questions do you have I might be able to answer? Oh, yes. So when we talk about large print, what does large print mean? Because you can go to Barnes & Noble. Or Priscilla, we were at a store yesterday. We saw something called jumbo print. I could barely read it. And that was jumbo print, actually. So large print is, this is actually, by the way, the international minimum standard for what large print should be. 18.8 A font has all the proper spacing between the words and the lines. And you'll also notice it's on a cream colored paper that is glare reducing. And that is actually one of the most critical components of this is that glare reduction. In fact, if I could get all the churches in the country to change one thing, make your large print bulletins on cream paper versus white. Literally, that would change how people could read your large print, believe it or not. And we have some information out at the table. I would love to pass that around. Feel free to take a look at it. If you do have questions, if you'd like to inquire about supporting us, by the way, please feel free to go to our website, lbwloveworks.org. Um, and you can reach out to us there, call us at our headquarters. Um, I joke around, carrier pigeons, smoke signals, Pony Express, doesn't matter. But what other questions do you have? Priscilla. What kind of materials like calendars, devote, what kind of things in large print are available? So in both large print and English Braille, for example, we have over 225 titles available right now. Of course, the Bible. But we also have the Lutheran service book. We have Luther's small catechism. We have uh, portals of prayer and hopeful living, the worship anew, which I saw out there. We have Lutheran witness and reporter, the LWML women's quarterly, the mustard seed devotions. We have books coming out. The new, some of the Donna Snow Bible studies are coming into production right now. Uh, Time of Grace, I don't know if you're familiar with that ministry. We're bringing their library into production. 1517. So we have a lot of new titles coming out, but we have hundreds of titles right now. And again, they're all free of charge, whether it's in English large print or whether it's in Braille. Uh, and then again, for prison ministry, it's amazing how that exploded on us. Uh, we are do the, the number one ordered item now for prisons is a catechism, actually. So we do that for prisons. We have five Bible studies designed for prisoners. And then we have other resources, including the Bible, available as well. Good answer. 
Thank you. And calendars, which by the way, if you've never seen a Braille calendar, it's incredible. So we, we do, uh, we're the only free scripture-based Braille calendar in the country. In fact, we might be the last one in the world. And if you want to know a calendar, I actually delivered it to two people in their 30s at a church one day, and they started jumping up and down with joy from getting a calendar because it was the first one they'd ever owned, actually, a Braille calendar. Yes, sir. So what accounts for just this explosive growth? Um, is it, are there more blind people and um, vision impaired people? Or is it just that the work of LBW has become more well known? Or is it a little bit of both? How are you accounting for that? So it, it's, it's a little bit of a mix. Uh, certainly the population of blindness and vision impairment is growing, actually. Uh, and a lot of it from the large print side is as we know as a population, we're just getting older. Uh, within our church body, we're getting older. So the need for large print is certainly growing that way. Uh, blindness is not, has not been cured. Again, there are so many dozens, hundreds of diseases which affect the eye, and they're all so unique. It's hard for the researchers to really narrow down on every single one. Uh, some of it is just helping to raise awareness and a part of it, again, is so few organizations are doing this, they have nowhere else to turn other than Lutheran Braille workers right now. So that's part of it. Again, we work, we actually do partner with other organizations. This isn't a competition. Um, in fact, though, we just had one company out of Nebraska. We're now taking on their entire Spanish Braille production, most likely, in the next six months. So they just can't afford to produce it. So, Great question. Thank you. Yes, sir. Well, I know Priscilla's mother is blind. Yes. And that's what kind of influenced her to get this. Do you have a background for that, or is this right out of the blue? It was completely God-led out of the blue. Uh, again, I had known about the ministry growing up because my mom used to get Sunday school materials, which we also offer packets for Sunday school for free. So I had heard of it, but I don't have any connection in my life up until those thank you letters hit my inbox. That was a very smart move by Pastor Stu. <laughs> uh, it's just by the, the spirit, I really believe, hit my heart at that moment. That's what drew me to this ministry. And then since then, again, when you have a chance, uh, I know I share a lot of stories. I hope you don't mind, actually, another one. Uh, we were at the National Federation of the Blind Convention in New Orleans two summers ago. And this lady in her 30s, in fact, she was, I think, 38, came up to our table, losing her vision. And she shared, she said, I'm looking for a large print Bible. Do you have one? And we said, we did. And she started to cry. And we asked what was wrong. And she said, my greatest fear in losing my vision has been that if I can't read the Bible, God is going to stop loving me. So we had a large print Bible for her. And then when, because she knew, the doctors already told her, within two years, so actually, she's getting very close to the point where she'll be fully blind. And when we said, we have a Braille Bible waiting for you, mm. in the middle of this convention hall, I mean, hundreds of people, she literally hugged her book and she shouted out, God still loves me. Mm. And when you hear those, when you see the way people react, I don't think there's a way you can't just be filled with the passion and joy for this ministry. Mm. Other questions? Yes, sir. Uh, I used to be a mechanic, so my question is, what does 
<laughs> no, not at all. Actually, I, I have to say it, it's incredible. Um, the designer of this press designed this in the 50s. It is actually still the most efficient mechanism for volunteer groups to use, believe it or not. It it's, uses rollers similar to the old washing machine rollers. There's a motorized press, and basically what happens is we produce zinc plates that are double-sided with Braille. It's all double-sided. And you put a blank piece of paper in there, a special thick type of paper. It goes into a jacket that's run through the press, and the rollers basically emboss double-sided the paper. And then they pull the page out, and they collate, punch, bind, collate, and assemble the book of Braille. And they literally, every double-sided page has its own plate. So most of our Braille centers typically have about three or four books they produce. Uh, they'll mass produce 10 or 20 each month of the books, but it's, it's like an assembly line, basically, just one plate at a time. They're literally doing this still, though, one page at a time. And so it's kind of hand-done. It's hand-done, basically, outside of the machine that produces the zinc plates. That comes from Germany. Uh, believe it or not, it comes, it's built to order because there's so few organizations who do this. Our other Braille embossers, I mentioned the digital ones, those come from Norway. Um, it's about that the machine that produces those plates is about a quarter million dollar machine, actually. Um, and each plate alone is about five dollars. So, yes, sir. Uh, I'm intrigued that there's a, a distinct prison ministry or prison. Uh, Target for this, yes. As a Braille or large print. How did you find that? I mean, what what caused you to zero in on that particular population? So by 2017, we were actually receiving in the mail over a dozen letters per week from prisoners asking for large print resources. So 12% of all prisoners in the federal bureau uh, or in the federal prison system report vision impairment. It's the third most reported disability behind mental illness and a physical loss of limb. More than hearing, more than anything else, actually. So we were getting requests for large print because most Bibles that prisoners can get are that, those tiny books. And if they even have access to healthcare or glasses, it may not always be the right prescription. If they're even allowed to have glasses, depending on the prison, it could be a security risk. So we were getting over a dozen letters per week. So we produced it. And we actually sent out a letter to chaplains around the country, letters A through M, I think was our first mailing. And we were expecting maybe a couple dozen orders. Within three weeks, we had orders for over 1,000, over 1,000 orders for over 15,000 Bibles. And it's only grown. And as I mentioned this year, it's the same type of thing. We've had over, orders for over 1,000 Spanish large print Bibles, and we don't even produce it but they have nowhere else to turn. They're coming to us going, can you help us? Uh, and the stories we get from prisons, it's really, really incredible. Uh, we had one chaplain share with us that she was at a prison. She dropped off a large print Bible into the library and she only gets to that prison every six weeks. So she came back around and when she came back, the warden actually called her into his office and she thought she was in trouble. And the first thing out of his mouth, he's like, what did you do the last time you were here? And she's like, what? What did I do? And the particular cell block where the library, after she had dropped off that large print Bible, the number of incidents dropped by 
80% in that cell block after having a Bible that people could read. So the warden actually ordered a Bible for every single library at his prison, and he's actually gotten all of our materials since then because it's just reduced. And there's, there's a lot of actually studies that show this. Having Christian resources reduces issues within prison, but if they can't read it, it doesn't do them any good. So that's where we step in. Yes, sir. So it's to my question, um, a lot of people lose sight later on in life and they don't know Braille. Yes. So then they don't have a way to read. Correct. Can help with that as well? So we... We don't do audio as much. We really don't. We, well, no, we used I mean, to. Like uh, we don't teach anybody. We don't teach. Uh, because believe it or not, the government actually, there are a lot of resources available for teaching people how to read Braille. In fact, there is a statistic that's floated for decades that only 10% of people who are blind read Braille in this country. Well, two years ago, they did a study. No one knows where that number came from. Um, it's like that whole walk 10,000 steps a day. Do you know where that came from? Does anybody know where that actually originated? Japanese ad agency. It was a marketing campaign to walk 10,000. There's no medical benefit. Uh, UCLA actually showed the number was 7,200, so I feel much better about my health, let me say. But the same thing that only 10% of people, they actually found that under the age of 45 in this country, 78% of people read Braille. So there are a lot of lessons. Now, later in life, it's harder, but it's not because it's harder to learn the language. It's just by age 45, most people start losing the feeling in their fingers. So they don't have the sensitivity to learn Braille. That's usually where the challenge is. Uh, we partner with other ministries who do audio. There's about two dozen in this country who provide free audio. And so we don't feel we need to step into that arena right now. But great question. Thank you. Any other questions? Yes, sir. Kind of an obvious one, but how's this all financed? So we rely 100% on donations from individuals, from churches, and from private foundations. And estates. And estates. And so for 80 years, we have relied, again, on volunteers doing the work and gifts through, again, individuals, estates, donors, foundations, churches, partners in this ministry. Um, this year, we are about, right now we average, Priscilla, what would you say, about a $2 million a year cash budget, roughly. Um, as a ministry, when you include volunteer labor, everything, we're actually about a $30 million a year organization. Um, but we have, a, for example, I would ask for, if I could ask for a very specific prayer. Literally next week, we have a foundation out of New York um, that is meeting to potentially approve a quarter million dollar grant so we can buy another plate producing machine from Germany so we can increase our production capacity. So if I could ask for your prayers for that board or that foundation. But this is what we rely on every year. Can you quickly explain what the centers do? Yes. What they look like? So it, it's amazing. We have 102, soon to be later this month, 103, Redding, California. Uh, and actually next week we'll be in Buffalo talking to a church that's looking to open a center uh, beginning of next year. But each center looks different. We have some centers that maybe the school at the church is closed, so they've taken over a couple of classrooms. We have some churches where they meet, they have one closet, they pull their things in and out of, and they have a set of tables very similar to this, and they work it, and then they put it back away. Uh, it, 10 by 10 space, it could be a 300 square foot space. 
but it's a group of volunteers for large print, typically five to seven, Braille's about eight to 12. They come together, they do this work. There's usually a coffee hour at some point, a devotional, a prayer. Uh, it really is a fellowship among the volunteers. And we have some volunteers as young as 10 or 11 years old. Our oldest current serving volunteer is 105. She still does two hours per week in, in, in Illinois. So nobody in this room can say that they're too old to help. Um, our longest serving volunteer has been doing this for 79 years. He's 102 in Oklahoma, Norm. Um, so it's really just an incredible fellowship. It's also an outreach opportunity. We actually have stories, and I won't share them all. I'm full of stories, I know. Um, we actually have people who, they maybe drove their mom for years, and she finally got them to come in the door, and then they're standing next to the pastor, and the pastor or the other people are working on them, and then they come to faith. Or we had one in Fort Worth, Texas, a 16-year-old was volunteering through his high school. He needed service hours. He invited his family to come. And they started doing it, and his dad was this huge cardiologist in Fort Worth, shut down his office every Thursday afternoon so the family and the staff could go volunteer. Um, and they weren't Christian. They became baptized in, in the faith. So it really is an incredible, it really is incredible ministry at our centers. I'm sorry. Explain, explain. As I mentioned, they're one by one, one page at a time, they're assembling the books of Braille or the books of large print. And they package it, and they, most of the time, put the label on directly to the recipient. So it's not, most of it's not coming back to our warehouse. It's going directly to the people asking for it. So you don't have to have a special skill. No. No special skills. You don't need to read Braille. You don't need any of that. We walk alongside. We give you all the equipment you need, and we just so need... have to buy it. Have to help fund it, yes. Yeah. Uh, but you just need to show up with a heart for service. That's what it takes. Some centers meet two hours, some meet four or more. It just really depends. Every group's different. Uh, maybe we'll take one more. Go ahead. I'm sorry, one Question. more. Where is the closest one to us in Auburn, Michigan? I believe, I don't know Michigan geography as well. Uh, yeah. so. Auburn, Auburn is a large print um, facility, and then in Saginaw, that's the next closest, okay. and that's Bethlehem Lutheran in Saginaw, and they're a Braille center there. So. Um, and then also in Michigan, we have Trinity Monroe and St. Peter Richmond also have. One, of, one is a large print and one is a braille as well. And Daniel, telling, talking about stories of the blessing that this is to the people that work there, um, I was at Auburn on Tuesday of this past week and I met a gentleman there and we were talking a bit and he was telling me about his family and his um, wife had become very ill about 10 years ago and had dementia. And, um, she slowly declined and he was feeling very lonely during her illness and finally after she passed away um, he, he, he prayed he said God how am I going to have uh, what am I going to do now I, I, he was taking care of his wife for all these years he said what am I going to do and that day at church someone came up to him and said do you want to join us for our large print ministry so that next Wednesday he showed up and he walked through the door and everyone welcomed him and he said, I knew right then that God had answered my prayers with these people in this work center. Yeah, it was really wonderful. Yes. Well, thank you for your time, Pastor. Yeah, let me, before I go, can I just uh, pray for you? Oh, and for please, absolutely. LBW, you guys join me in praying. Father, we thank you for um, the work of Lutheran Braille workers for the last 80 years for raising up 
um, so many helpers for um, prospering this ministry and the innumerable lives that it has changed. We pray, Lord, that you would continue um, to bless the recipients of all of these resources, that um, they would have their hearts uh, touched by, by your love even by means of their fingers. Lord, we thank you for Daniel, Rachel, and all the staff. We pray that you'd um, help them to serve with the strength that you provide. We do pray, Lord, for um, the meeting next week and that um, this grant would come through, that you would provide in that. But we know that no matter what, uh, we can lean on you for, for all our provisions. Father, you are the one who has opened our eyes, unblinded our eyes, the eyes of our hearts. And we pray for those who are struggling with physical blindness, that you would touch them with your love and that your Holy Spirit would illuminate um, the eyes of their hearts that together we might uh, see our Savior face to face with them in the age to come. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank, Thank you, you very much. much. Yes.